right, Brother Ferguson, close it out for us. So. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Well, church, thank you. I'm, I'm, I have been to, I don't know, dozens of camps. And um, hands down, I've never been more excited to come to a camp again the next year. As I am, I already have the dates. We've already got the date for our barbecue fundraiser that we're doing for our teens to raise the funds to get here. And um, our young people said, amen, because that means that I get to do all the work and they just get to show up and clean up after we're done. And so, see, right there. And um, so, yeah, that's all right. They're buying me one of those, what's that peanut butter thing? Yeah, the Buckeye Sunday. They're buying me one of those tomorrow, so amen. And um, amen, we might buy some investments. And uh, what a tremendous week it has been. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself and... Um, we come to this this last evening, and um, man, I, I'll, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest with you, preachers. You understand what what I mean by this. Anybody that preaches will understand this. There's a there's a pressure that comes from the closing of a program, and I think it's a good pressure. I think it's a I think it's in its right place. I think that it should be there. Because there's an awesome responsibility to close out a, a, a power-packed week that we have had. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just be honest with you. We could have any one of the preachers that preached in this week preach this message. Any single one of them. And I'd be excited to hear them all. Uh, just awesome, awesome preaching. But this is the reason it's good preaching is because it's men that love God and they love his word and want to stay faithful to his word, but also want to see the next generation move forward. And I've been asking myself all day, and just so you know, the Lord changed my message again before we got up here. That's why I went to the back. I was jotting some notes, and I like that. I'm excited to see what God's going to do tonight. So I've got a question. Why should we say, here am I? That's the the theme of the week. We've been talking about hearing the voice of God. We've been talking about yielding to God. We've been talking about um, giving ourselves completely over to Him. But why should I say, here am I? And that's what I want to preach on for the next few moments. Take your Bibles. Turn to John chapter number 19. John chapter number 19. I just want to go on record as saying I'm proud of my son. It was was awesome. As I'm sitting there, Elliot's like, what are you preaching on, Dad? Just just a little before service started, I'm like, "I, I don't know. The Lord's changing my message. He goes, okay, Dad, I'm praying for you. He's like, wait a second. He stops. He said, Dad, let me pray for you right now. You got your first answer to prayer right there, son. God gave me the message. Amen. Start logging them. Start knocking them down. Now I'm going to fall off the steps, knock myself down. Start logging them. God's going to do great and mighty things with you. If you decide that I'm going to stay here, I'm going to let my hand cleave to the sword. But why, why should we say, here am I? 
In John chapter number 19, we are at the beginning of the end of our Savior's life. John chapter number 19, we get down to verse number 17, and the Bible says, And he bearing his cross went forth into a place. I want to stop right there for just a moment. He, bearing his cross, went into a place. That's what I want to preach on this evening. Of why you should say, here am I, is because Jesus bore his cross into a place for you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this night. I thank you for this opportunity. God, now fill me with your power. Do, some, do something as Brother Burke prayed yesterday. Strange thing tonight. God, something that's beyond us. Something that can't be explained by human reasoning. Something that's supernatural. of Your presence showing up. Your Holy Spirit being here. God, we felt your presence already in the singing. In the congregational singing. In some of the testifying that has been done. God, we sense your presence now work in a great way. If there's anyone here that does not know you as their Savior. God, I pray you would convict them with such conviction. That they cannot leave this place without knowing you. God, do your work. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here it is. Jesus takes, bears his cross into a place of suffering. He bears his cross into a place of suffering. Uh, the suffering didn't begin. By the way, the suffering didn't begin when he got nailed to the cross. The suffering began several hours before when he is there with his disciples and he is encouraging them and he is challenging them and he's giving them his last message of this is what the spirit-filled life is going to look like in John 13 to 17. Telling them that, that when I leave, there's going to come one that's going to do exceedingly abundantly above what I did. Yeah. Now, I just want you to think about this. The Bible tells us that the books cannot contain the whole of what Jesus did. And Jesus then goes on and says, And when the Spirit comes, you're going to do greater works than I. Hey, for some 2,000 years, the Holy Spirit has been on this earth and He has been doing the work of God in hearts all over the world. I just got an idea in some 2,000 years. What Jesus did in 33 years, the Holy Spirit in some 2,000 years, the, the books couldn't be contained in our universe. And aren't you glad the hand of our God spans the universe? Amen. And so when we get to glory, we're going to be able to watch the highlight reel of all time. Watching what God has done. I can't wait till we go back. We get to watch the highlight reel of the suffering that the Savior did for us. See, he would face the ultimate betrayal. One of his twelve would come as he's going into the Garden of Gethsemane. I, the Garden of Gethsemane is my favorite place when you look at the cross. And I, I, I understand some of y'all are like, well, you can't have a favor on the cross. Actually, I do. Actually, you can break down the cross into seven different segments. 
But the Garden of Gethsemane, I truly believe this, the Garden of Gethsemane is when he began to become sin. And the process starts taking place. And he goes there and he says, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, thine be done. Here I am. He goes back to his disciples, can you not pray with me for an hour? Goes back again the second time. I believe it's interesting when you do a study on this, and I'm sorry I don't have time to go into all of it, but the olive press, that first press, was a, 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 just, to get the, just to get the olive crushed. The second press comes down to get the, the, the oil out of it. Here he comes the second time and he says, hey, let this cup pass from me, but not my will. But here I am. Goes back to his disciples. Can you not watch with me for an hour? He comes back the third time. The Bible now tells us that he is sweating great drops of blood. I wholeheartedly believe that this is not a, not a time of he's just in there like, Whew, I need a little bit of drink. I, I need a little bit of, a little bit of water. And there is such agony. There's such stress that is upon him. I wholeheartedly believe this. In this moment when he begins to sweat great drops of blood, the Bible tells us in Psalm 22 that his heart melts like wax within him Psalm 69 and verse number 19 says reproach hath broken my heart see I do believe this in that moment in the garden of Gethsemane there's some suffering going on and Jesus is there saying here am I I'll take it to that place for Jeff and in that moment I, I, I do believe this that he knows there's going to come a point to where he's going to be by, all by himself. They then come in and they capture him. Hey, hey can I, can I, let me just encourage you in this. Even in the submission of the son, saying, I'll go for you, and here I am. I'll do your will. I'll accomplish what you want with my life. In that, he didn't lose any of his power. He didn't lose any of his deity. He didn't lose any of his, his royalty and his majesty. Listen, they took a gold crown and replaced it with a crown of thorns. But in that garden, when those men came and said, hey, uh, where is Jesus of Nazareth? I love the integrity of our King James Bible because he goes up and he says, station identification, I am. And I love how the integrity of our translator said in italics, he. I, that, that day he didn't. He said, I am. And I wholeheartedly believe the Shekinah glory of God showed up. And those men, it is absolutely amazing to me. This is, what they, this is what, how they tried to explain this. They say that Jesus, when he said, I am, he startled the front row of soldiers. And like the three stooges, whoop, fell backwards and knocked all the men down. No, 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 no. I wholeheartedly believe and when they came and said, where's Jesus of Nazareth? He says, I am. The Shekinah glory of God showed up. Boom! And every knee right there bowed. And I can't help but think this. I know the scripture doesn't say this. Every tongue is confessing, your Lord, your Lord, your Lord, your Lord. They take him. 
They arrest him. The hands that created Orion's belt are now shackled. And they take him and they falsely accuse him. And they beat him. And they mock him. They spat upon him. And they plucked his beard from his face. Now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not talking about, we're not talking about the heathen. This is the religious crowd. By the time they get to Pilate, they had already had their way and they had already beat him. They had already hit him 39 times, save one. Or 40 times, save one. They've lashed him 39 times for, for blasphemy. And now he's got to die. They then hand him over to Pilate. Pilate takes him and he begins to interrogate him. Comes out, makes a declaration of, I find no fault in the man. You're the enemy of Caesar if you don't put him to death. Oh, time out, guys. Simmer down. Simmer down, sister. Calm down. Hey, take him out back and just beat him a little bit. I've had the opportunity to go to Gabbatha, the pavement. A little small place, concrete on the ground, stone. And they have these little eye chain link pieces on the ceiling. They would have taken his hands and they would have stretched him to the ceiling just, just enough, just enough to where he can off balance, where everything is completely stretched out. He said, here am I. And I gave my back to the smiters. Cat of nine tells. By a trained Roman soldier. There are records of men being ripped in half. Jesus stood there and took it. The Bible tells us in Psalm 22 that his bones were gazing, gaping upon me. It was completely opened him up. Matter, matter of fact, actually, the Bible tells us that, that his visage was not that of a man. The, if you actually get down to the literal rendering of those words, it was he looked like ground beef. He was not recognizable as a man. It was a place of suffering for you. Not only was it a place of suffering, but it was a place of separation. They then take him and they, they put him there. He is all by himself. His, his disciple that told him, he said, I'll die for you. Jesus looks at him and says, today you're going to deny me three times. But when thou art converted... Strengthen the brethren. You're about to go through some hard things, Peter. You're about to go through some things that you never thought you would be, the place you never thought you would be in. 
John, even the beloved, is following a far off. He's all by himself in the hands of vile, lost, ungodly men. Yet he said not a word. They take him and they put him down. And hey, he's different than all the other men that they've ever crucified. As they're normally, when they put a man down, they're having to grab his arm and fight him and trying to get his arm like, no, 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 no. Not this one, Jesus. Put him down on the ground and he... Father, forgive them. Ah! They don't know what they're doing. Ah! Father, forgive them. Stretches out the other end. Normally, they're strapping them down. They're tying them down to keep them secured. Not Jesus. The Lamb of God. Laid down his life. He's the only one there. Now a crowd has begun to gather, and some of his followers, some of the ladies are there, and they're looking upon Jesus, and there he is, and he begins to take care of his earthly business. Mama, there's your son. Son, there's your mama. I, I just, I've got, I've got, I, I, I understand. I got a little bit of an imagination issue. All right, I, it gets a little vivid and out there. Right, just, just ask my family and my youth group. Ask our VBS workers. Like, do you think that we could actually hang somebody from up there? <laughs> but here it is. I watch this. I don't think I'm out of line here. John, when he looked at John, he said, you take care of my mama. And you don't let them get her. And I'll be watching. He takes care of his soul-saving business. Will you remember me today? Yeah, today you'll be with me in paradise. After he finished his earthly business and after he did the soul-saving business, he said, now I must be about my father's business. I thirst! See, many times, many times that people are like, well, he was just thirsty. He was parched. Of course he was. He was dried up as a potsherd. But hermeneutically, I want you to follow me for just a moment. When's the last time we heard about a cup? the Garden of Gethsemane. And we're talking about drinking the very dregs of the wrath of God. He's hanging there on that cross. I thirst. The next words, My God! My God! Why hast thou forsaken me? He, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. There was a place of separation. 
That moment, I, I wholeheartedly believe this, in that moment, all of heaven, the Bible tells us that the next span of three hours is complete darkness upon all the face of the earth. I wholeheartedly believe it is because the God of light turned his back on his own son. I, I, I see Gabriel and Michael up there ready to go. I, listen, I, we know what one and two uh, bent out of shape angels can do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Imagine the Bible tells us that there are 12 legions. This is anywhere from 64,000 to 144,000 of bent out of shape angels. Imagine what they would have done. He said, no! I must do this. God the Father turns his back on his son. Michael is ready. Lord, let me go. Turn. And every angel turns their back on the beloved Son of Eternity. It was a place of separation for you and me. It's a place of suffering. It was a place of separation. It was a place of substitution. Well... He became sin for me. That was, should have been me on that cross. But no, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shame on the devil. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. It's not contingent upon what I can do. It is contingent upon what He did. Amen. It's not about what you do right now. It's about what He's done. And the Bible tells us as He's hanging there on that cross, He comes through that three hours of darkness. His separation is now. It is still there. It's still there. It is finished. Totalistai. The place of substitution is done. Right there, it's paid. The debt is done right there. Now listen, we're not done. We still got to get into the grave. And we got to hang out there for three days. But please understand this. I want you to read Psalm 24 in a different light now. When they put him into that grave, he, through the eternal spirit, gets into the glories. Open, lift up ye heads, ye gates. Who, who, who is it? The King of glory. Who's the king of glory? He that is mighty in battle. I'm here. Open ye gates. And they let Jesus come through. And I wholeheartedly believe this. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that the high priest would have to dip his hands into the blood and fling it upon the, high, the mercy seat seven times. I wholeheartedly believe Hey, God the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't change. He's not in the changing business. Hallelujah. I wholeheartedly believe this. And Jesus got up there at the mercy seat and he put his hands into his own blood. One two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Who's worthy to open the book? Who's worthy? The Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. See, it was a place of suffering. It was a place of separation. It's a place of substitution. He took my place. And he took your place. You're here tonight. You say, I don't understand what all this big I here I am stuff is. It's because Jesus took his cross to a place for you. And I'm telling you right now, that's why I say, here am I. Send me. You're here this evening. There's never been a time where you have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I, I don't know. Man, this is getting good. There's just something about it. We, we complicate it. Say this prayer and do this thing. And then if you bend over backwards and hold the antenna just right, you'll get signal. No, I, I, very simple. First John one nine. If I confess, that's getting agreement with God. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The heart believeth unto righteousness. Do you believe that Jesus Christ went to a place of separation, a place of suffering, a place of substitution for you? Will you confess that? Well, there's got to be repentance. Yeah, it's, it's this right here. You ready? You ready? Uh, this is really good. We're about to, woo, it's about to get really complicated. I'm going my way. I'm going to hell. I need Jesus. Save me. I turn my way on my way and on my thoughts and on my way of doing things. And I say, God, it's your way. Save me. Hey, I, I just got a question for you. When Peter was on that boat and he got out of that water, he got out on that boat and got on that water and he started walking on the water. What did Jesus say to him when he began to sink? And he said, Jesus, save me. What did Jesus say? Did he say, How are you sincere? Are you truly repentant? Are you ever, are you ever going to look at the storm around you ever again? Do you really mean this? Well, I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. Is that what it did? Save me. Boom. You say, well, I'm just not sure. I've, I've sinned an awful lot. I want you to read the story about King David. King David sinned a whole lot. And he's standing there, and the man of God's standing before him, putting his bony finger in his face. And by the way, I, I believe he put his bony finger in his face. And he says, hey, thou art the man. And what does King David say? You're right. And the next verse says, and immediately God spoke to Nathan, tell him his sin's forgiven. Whoa! He didn't repent. Yes, he did. He got on the same page with God about his sin. 
You get on the same page with God about your sin. That I'm a dirty, low-down, good-for-nothing worm that deserves to be on that cross to spend my eternity in hell in a cell with my name all over it. But I'm putting my full faith and trust in the one that did the finished work and paid in full over my name. I'm glad my sin is in the deepest sea, never to be brought up again. I love how Corey Tim Boone said this, and God puts a no fishing sign. Hey, man! Tonight, you can have your sins taken away. And watch this, watch this. And where his cross is can be a place of satisfaction. I'll tell you what, Elliot, is it a place of satisfaction? knowing 100% that you're on your way to eternal glory. Spend it with God forever and ever and ever. And if your daddy goes on before you, you'll see me again. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad my son's not going to hell. Don't be too proud sitting here tonight saying, no, I, I, I don't need that. I don't need that. No, tonight's tonight you say, here am I. If Jesus Christ, if you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, tonight, tonight you say, here am I, do with me whatever you want. Because you put your cross of suffering and separation and substitute in a place for me. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this night. I thank you for God for moving in our hearts this week. I love you. Um, I, oh, God, you've done such a work this week. God, I stand humble right here preaching this message. I'm excited because I know what you've done in my heart and in my life. But oh God, now we ask, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, help them to humble themselves, stand up and come forward and let us show them from the Bible how they can know 100%, how they can know Jesus Christ has taken their place. Oh God, work. Pastor.